Welcome back to another episode of Girlish. My name is Gage and I'm here with my co-host Olivia. Hey everyone. So today we are going to be talking about, I feel like it's a very requested topic, which is on voices, voice training, how to transform your voice or how to navigate the world with a voice as a trans woman specifically. Yeah, I feel like it's a big topic that we get requested a lot. We have so many DMs. I think the majority of our DMs are are literally people telling us to do like a voice training or like how we get our voices to sound the way they are and a bunch of things like that. And I think we want to talk a lot about voices in general this episode. There's a lot to go into it, like how we feel our relationship with our voices, um, you know, conversations about ways to transition your voice or Um, also the misconception on voices as a trans woman. I don't know. There's a lot to dive into. And I think that we both have a lot to say when it comes to this. Um, I think we've, you know, have had our, there's, you know, there's a lot of issues that kind of go in when it comes to being a trans woman and feeling a certain way about your voices or about your voice. So I'm really excited to talk about that. Um, But first, before we jump into this, um, I really wanted to say a big thank you to all of our patrons so far. If you guys didn't know, we started a Patreon and we have like uh, five supporters so far. So it's really incredible to see that, you know, we're getting people who are wanting to support the show and it really, really means the world to both Gage and I. Yeah. Thank you so much to everybody who has supported us so far. It's only been up for a week, but just to know that there are like a few people out there who are willing to donate their like hard-earned money to us so that we could further this podcast and film better things for you guys is just really it's nice to know that there are people out there that are behind us and are willing to back us up so if you are interested there's no obligation but you are welcome to be one of our patrons you'll get access to a bunch of exclusive content like secret episodes that are only available to our patrons and also like maybe 10 to 15 minutes of us just chatting after our episodes that will be uploaded every episode basically yep and i'm really really excited to just have the community on there it's i'm i'm really hoping for it to get a lot bigger because i just i on my youtube channel my personal youtube channel i have a patreon over there and or page yeah patreon over there and um yeah it's really cool and a really great community filter to just be able to have a personal conversation to the people that are supporting us directly and just seeing the community that's going to be building there, especially when we start uploading more after our episode, like our after show episodes and starting to post more of the exclusive stuff. So it's really, really cool. So thank you guys just for even considering. It's not an obligation, but it does. It would help the show a lot. And yeah, I, before every episode, we like to kind of tell you guys what's going on in our lives and you know the things that are happening because, yeah, I think we both have had a pretty stressful week. There's a lot of things going on with both of us. And yeah, so if you want to talk about, you know, this your situation, Gage, and how everything's been going for you. Yeah. So my child, Jordan, my little kitty, we got her spayed on Thursday. So that was three days, two, three days ago. And honey, my life has been hell ever since she came home. The first day was like by far the worst. And I don't know why I thought this in my head, but I've just like figured that when she came home from surgery, she would be really quiet and like sleeping and really easy to take take care of. But that was literally the exact opposite of what happened when she came home. 
um, I guess like she was still in pain. Well, obviously she was still in pain after her surgery. So it was really hard for us to like pick her up and move her and take care of her because every time we tried to touch her, she would freak out and like run away or she would start like meowing really loud or it was the first time I ever heard her hiss. Like she's never hissed at all at anybody until that day. And I almost had a mental breakdown because I thought she hated me or something, but I had to just tell myself like she just had major like abdominal surgery. Obviously she's going to be in pain, but as the days have gone by, she's gotten better. She's not as crazy anymore. I feel like she's starting to get back to normal. She just has to wear her little e-collar with her little cone because she can't lick her wounds. So she's pretty much back to normal. She's just running into everything, knocking over water and food bowls and running into the microwave and the oven and stuff like that. So she's back to normal now, but like the couple day, last couple of days have been a nightmare for me and my boyfriend. I make Gage send me daily Jordan content. So she'll always send me pictures of her. And yeah, and it's so cute. And her and her little cone, I will, I, was, I literally, I cry every time I see her. <laughs> and so, yeah, like I have my cat. Luckily, Fig was spayed before we got her. Um, the Humane Society, they do that and all that stuff for us. So I was fortunate enough to have her spayed whenever we took her home. So I never got to see her being all loopy or like going through that. So we're unfortunate in that sense. So yeah, I can't imagine how stressful that is having to make sure she's not licking her wounds, but also, you know, we, uh, Fig had for a little bit, my cat's name is Fig. I didn't mention that, but Fig had for a little bit a cone on her head because she had, I think something going on with, she was like biting herself and um, yeah, she couldn't have it on because she literally would just run into everything. And I felt so bad. So I can imagine like, having to do that with her. But that's so cute. I I know that she's going to get better and you're a great mother. She doesn't hate you. Anytime Fig gets overstimulated, she'll hiss too. So like, it's just something that they do. They don't want to be bothered and they're probably just in a lot of pain or discomfort, but yeah, they're yeah. going to get healthier. And it's that's so scary. cute. I hate seeing her in pain. Like it hurts me. It hurts my heart. Like I'm your sorry. Mother I now. <laughs> You're a mother now. That's, oh my God. That's so I know. Like we have this little playpen. So we put her in the playpen while we were sleeping. And I literally felt like I had a human baby like in the playpen next to the parents bed while we were sleeping. And it was it hilarious. Ge- yeah. It genuinely feels like that. Like my fig, I ha- she has health insurance. Like I don't even have health insurance in my cat. I do have health insurance, but she like got it before I did. And like we, I, we had to make sure that she stays healthy, she stays happy. Um, just the security of having that. Like we're so obsessed with her. We always like do research on like, you know, things that we should and shouldn't do with her. Like we're very obsessed moms. Same. And yeah, like we can't even get another cat because we would never love another cat the way that we love Fig or we don't want to love another cat the way that we love Fig. So yeah, it just it, it just be like that sometimes being crazy mothers. I, know. I am a little bit upset that she got bottom surgery before me, but it's fine. I know. T T. Honestly, same. What a bitch! Like she's literally four months old. Like you're a baby, and you. It's whatever. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my god, I'm going through it. Um, yeah. Today, Emily, my girlfriend, just cut my hair, which is exciting. I've been growing out my hair for like three years since starting my hormones over three years and every now and then she'll trim the edges well today she trimmed like maybe like an inch off maybe two inches off 
And so it's a lot lighter and it's a lot more healthy. I can already feel it. So it's really exciting. But right after she did it, I started crying because my hair, I like, I'm so attached to it. Like I've been wanting it to grow out my entire life. Like, can you imagine like wanting something so bad your entire life and then like having it and then all of a sudden you get a cut and it's gone. Like it's traumatic because like my hair is my baby and like I'm so obsessed. I want it to be as healthy and like as like good as possible. Um, or as long as possible. And so like having her cut it, I had to take a second and be like, you know, this is for the better of my hair, the best of my hair, taking all the split ends off, but it was emotional. Um, Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. I honestly could never imagine cutting my hair. I mean, I need to, I know that because I have a lot of split ends and dead ends, but it's just a traumatic experience. Like you, I probably would have balled my eyes out if I cut my hair, even like an inch. Like whenever I go, you go to the salon, they're usually like, oh, I'm just going to take a couple inches off. And I'm like having a mental breakdown because I feel like a couple inches will make me bald. And I hate that. No, that's exactly when I was younger and I got my hair cut all the time. That's what all the the people said. I was always wanting my hair to be long. And then I'd go to like the barber and like, oh, I'll cut it just a little bit or whatever. And they would make me like fucking bald headed. And so I'm like traumatized to go to any like salon because I'm always worried they're going to just make me bald again or they're going to clock me and then shave all my hair off or something. And I was going to go to the salon. I was going to get my hair like done. I really want layers so I can like be able to just have like actually maintain some type of curl pattern because my hair is supposed to be curly. I know it is. But it's hard to let it be curly when I have no idea how to take care of it or when there's not layers. So it's so heavy. It's being weighed down. And so I was trying to make an appointment or I wanted to. But I was in a car accident earlier this week, which was fucking, oh, my God, it was so annoying. I posted a video on my YouTube channel talking about it. But, like, I I bumped this guy. Like, I tapped this man. I cannot stress enough how I, like tap this guy's back of his car like there's no damage whatsoever there's no damage to my car no damage to this guy's car so i was turning right on a red light and um i was like right behind him and he was he was going um he was turning right as well and so i was pulling up behind him looking left to make sure i can make it after he went and then i was looking left while i was pulling up and then I turned back around. My foot was already in the brake and I was turning back around. I was going like two miles an hour and he had slammed his brakes. So then I slammed my brakes and I like just tapped his car and I didn't get out my car because I was like, I didn't do any damage to this man. Like, it's fine. He's going to, but he got out of his car in the intersection and was like, oh, you, you did damage, you did damage. So I stepped out and I looked at his car and I was like, what, where's the damage? And he was like, like, meet me at the gas station. And so I met him at the gas station. We exchanged information. And I was like, I don't want to. He was like, what do you want to do? Do you want to call the police? Do you want to call the, like, um, have the insurance involved? Do you want to just, like, pay me? And I was like, I'm just going to pay you because the insurance is under my mom's name. And I didn't want her to be mad. So I was like, I'll just pay you, whatever. Um, And so... He like started threatening me, threatening me later that day. He called me and was like, you need to pay me by tomorrow or I'll call the police. You'll get a ticket. It's going to be way more expensive. It's going to be $325 to fix. It became this whole thing. It was so dramatic. And I was like, I'll pay you tomorrow. And I tried asking him for the quote that he got, those $325. He wouldn't give it to me, but he was like, I need the money today, but I also can't give you the quote. And I'm like, how are you going to fix your car today but can't give me a quote? 
So I was like, I'll send you half the money today. And then the other half, um, I need, I'll, I'll give, or not half, it was like three quarters of the money today. And I'll send you the other half once you show me the quote. And he was like, okay, I will. So I sent him the three quarters of the money and then he just fucking disappeared. And yeah, he's just, he wasn't going to fix his car because there was no damage. There was like a little crack on his bumper that you can't even see because it's a black car and it's like not noticeable at all. And it's, it was so frustrating because I didn't have the money and I literally had to, we had to take it out of the podcast fund to pay for it. So I'm thankful for Gage for being such an amazing, amazing person and allowing me. I'm paying you back, by the way. No, Please. Yes, I am. No. <laughs> but it's been, it was been such a stressful week because like doing all this stuff and then having to work also full time, having to just deal with work. And yeah, so that's kind of how my week's been, but. Yeah, that whole thing made me so frustrated. Like, you can clearly tell he just wanted money and he, like, was trying to take money from you, basically, because there was nothing wrong with his car. There's nothing there. I knew he wanted money as soon as he started saying, we can go to the police, we can make, you know, go through insurance. When he started, yeah, when he started, like, threatening me, like, trying to extort me, like, I could, I could tell. I was like, yeah, this man, all he wants is the money. He didn't go see a mechanic. And so that's why I like try to, I put my foot down as much as I could, but I'm just a small girl. Like I can't do much. Like I'm just going to listen to you. He has the upper hand because I did hit his car, but like there was no damage and it was definitely wasn't $325 worth of damage. They could have easily just buffed it out, the mechanic, and it would have been fine, but whatever. Um, So like that's my life, but. Um, you know, we got through it. I'm hoping, I'm thinking of just blocking his number. Cause at this point, like, I don't want to fucking hear from him again. Like yeah. it's already been a week at this point. It's already been a week. Like, why would I want to hear from him again? Like I gave him money. I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but I also don't know if that's legal or illegal to do. So maybe I won't, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I know you have a job interview, don't you? I do. So I actually like have been applying to jobs because I don't really like mine at the moment. And I just feel like I live in LA. I need to be like on a trajectory to a career that can sustain my lifestyle in LA considering it's fucking expensive. So yeah, I applied for another job in a completely different field. Um, I actually a field that my mom works in, which is insurance. So I have that coming up in a couple of weeks and I'm really excited because I don't know, I feel like insurance is such an adult job. Like adults work in insurance and I feel like exactly. <laughs> I feel that because yeah, like take you're like working currently in retail. So like taking a step away from retail and going into a job that's more obscure that like doesn't have necessarily it feels like when you say insurance, it's so broad or vague that like like what does that mean mm-hmm. and so that's so when you say retail you're like oh they fucking work at a aeropostal <laughs> i don't fucking know but like when you say like insurance it's like oh she has money she works in insurance. Yeah, i would like okay. that money Got <laughs> so i'm praying for you i hope you get that job thank you i'm praying too i'm kind of nervous but i think it's gonna be okay yeah, I think I think you'll do good, and especially as, it's probably going to be a career that you'll thrive in. Especially if your mom like already has uh, like her footing in it, and you can ask her for help and yeah. things like that. So I I'm, I think that you know you'll work out really well in in that career yeah. field. So good luck, and I'm wishing you the best. Thank you. Anybody needs yeah, any insurance um, needs, hit me up. I'll 
help you out. Me. <laughs> After the accident, you told oh me, like, God. my mom works in insurance. I'll call my mom. <laughs> and your mom's the sweetest. She DM'd me on Instagram. Like, I cried. She's my mom now. She is. You're my sister. It's <laughs> Our mom works in insurance. We can do, like, a family insurance business together. Oh, that's so cute. Let's do it. I'll make the I'll do the video production because that's my job. Oh my god, I I can't wait. Oh oh oh! I the big another big thing. I'm flying to LA in January. Yeah, that, I forgot. Too. That's exciting news for me. So essentially, my girlfriend and I we bought tickets to. That's why I'm also broke this week because I had to buy plane tickets. Luckily, they were like two hundred bucks a piece for a round trip. So, but it's still cool because it's January thirtieth through. Or yeah, January thirtieth through February fourth, we're flying to LA, and we're going to um, hang out. We're gonna get fucked up, get drunk. I haven't yes. seen Gage, so this will be the first oh time God, I see her. So fun. Maybe, maybe look at apartments while I'm there. We'll see, we'll see. But probably, most likely, I look at apartments while I'm there. Uh, I definitely want to be in an area that I'm comfortable with. So I'm gonna definitely be looking at the area that Gage lives and also my cousin. But yeah, so I potentially will be looking at apartments whenever we do fly over there. I'm nervous because like it's a big move. It's like going to be all the way across the country. And my lease here in Florida ends in March. So if I do move, I'm moving um, in probably like April to LA. So I'll be flying in January to look at apartments, to hang out with Gage maybe to film a few of our podcast episodes, but it's going to be really, really fucking cool. Like I'm genuinely excited. So that's why, you know, if it seems like we're plugging our Patreon a lot, it's because I don't want to be broke going into LA. I want to actually have some footing um, and be able to like um, maybe take like a month to be able to look for jobs while I'm there. I'll probably be applying the months prior to different places maybe i can trans i work at a bookstore right now and i'm thinking about transferring to another bookstore when i get there maybe specifically for the first few months just until i can get my footing but i'm very happy and nervous about it but i can't wait to be an la bitch just like age a broke la bitch well duh (laughs) there's no other way to be in la (laughs) unless you're you're broke rich obviously All right, guys. So now is the time for our ad. I hope you guys enjoy this week's ad and we'll see you for the main topic. So this week's episode is all about voices. And I feel awkward talking about this because I feel like my voice is so clockable. I've had such a struggle with like my voice. Being a trans woman, it's really hard. There's a lot of pressure to really hyper-feminize your voice. And for a long time, I found myself like really struggling with hyper me hyper feminizing my voice. And I've been through a lot of like struggles when it comes to voice training and things like that. And yeah, so I just we want to just kind of lay all the cards out there, our thoughts and our feelings about our voices and like like our how we can help with like voice training, like our tips and stuff like that. Um, just we just want to give our story, our perspective and so, yeah. So do you have any insight or anything you want to say, Gage, about voices? Yeah, I I feel like there's a lot of secrets and misconceptions about voices. Secrets as in, like, there are a lot of trans women that are confident with their voice and they do have, like, a traditionally feminine sounding voice, but they make it seem like hormones did it or, like, 
my voice was always this way ever since I was born. Like that's possible. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of them are ashamed to like come out and say, I had to work on my voice. This isn't something that, you know, I've always had. And there's a big misconception that once you start HRT or hormone replacement therapy, that your voice is going to get higher. And that does not happen for trans women. For trans men, it does. But for us, it doesn't have any effect on our vocal cords or anything. So I, you know, we like to keep it real and honest on this podcast. And that's what we're going to do. And I just think this is a, an important topic because I think there are a lot of young people out there that get the idea that once they start hormones, that their voice is going to change and they're going to sound more feminine. And I just want people to know that that's not how it actually works. Yeah. Uh, voice training is a fucking bitch. Like a lot of times, or like, I don't know, I've been, I've been through really, really rough days where my voice dysphoria was at an all time high and it definitely, definitely like hurts really bad to voice train. And I'm sure there's probably easier ways to do it. There's probably people you can hire to teach you how to speak more femininely, but it's ultimately going to be you doing most of the work if you do decide to voice train. Yeah, like you said, I think it is very glamorized, the idea of what hormones can and can't do. Um, the voice or yeah, voice making your voice higher pitched hormones aren't going to do that. They might soften your vocal cords, so it might be easier for you to have a higher pitch voice, but that's literally all that it'll do. And um, it's all going to be the work that you put into it. My voice was really, really deep. Whenever I first like came out, I was presenting as uh, like a, a cis straight man, essentially. So I didn't have any like feminine inflections. I was like literally all like man, all masculine. And it was really hard because I had to learn how to speak differently almost whenever I first came out. And I think a lot of it too, it's once you start feeling more comfortable with yourself, once you start getting more comfort, like more secure in who you are and your identity, I think this whole idea of, of your voice, I think you just stop thinking about it and you start presenting your voice. You start doing things that feels comfortable for you. So the more I felt like I passed, the more I was getting comfortable with myself, the more feminine my voice allowed, like the more I allowed my voice to be more feminine or I allowed myself to do like more feminine inflections or different things or like this or that. I wouldn't, I'm not going to say my voice is the most feminine. I'm not going to say that I speak the most high pitched girly cis, whatever you want to say. Um, but I definitely haven't have improved from the way that I used to speak. And I, um, I, I did focus a lot on it and sometimes it can be really unhealthy. I was working at like a fast food restaurant and every person that would come in, I would try something new with my voice. I'd really tried to make myself seem as feminine as possible. And so that's kind of the way that I voice trained. I practiced, I listened, I would um, sing a lot and play a lot of music and I would just really focus and it hurt. It hurt a lot to the point where I was like hyper feminizing, hyper like making myself super, super, super feminine because I thought that's what I had to do. And it wasn't until like one day I had this click in my head that I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I being so ridiculous about my voice? Like I've come so far already. Why am I hurting myself? I was physically hurting myself so, so bad that um, I just, I think I took a, I took like a step back and I was like, like, I need to just be a normal human being. I need to speak like a normal human being. And then ever since then, I think I've kind of 
let myself a little more loose. You can even go on my YouTube channel and see the progression of my voice, which I think is really cool. And how like, like maybe six months ago, I was like really straining my voice versus like my video that I just posted last week. I'm talking like I'm talking now where I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. I'm just me and I'm comfortable with who I am and I'm comfortable with how my voice sounds and presents. And I think at the end of the day, it's all about being comfortable with yourself and not hurting yourself. So yeah, it is this whole process and prog, you know, there's a lot that goes into it and it's all about how you feel about yourself and how to get to being the most comfortable with who you are. Mm. I think you bring up a good point about like the beginning of your transition and as you grow into your femininity or your identity, you start to realize like I really don't have to strain my voice as hard as I am just to be able to navigate throughout the world. And I think that just kind of goes to show how mental it is because at the beginning of your transition, I've done it. I think we both have done it. And a lot of people listening to this have probably done it as well. You like really overdo it because it's kind of like you're overcompensating for the fact that you just started your transition. So you're still a little bit insecure about your appearance or you don't think your hair is long enough or you do makeup well enough or you're passable enough. So your voice is like something that you can try to manipulate in order to push yourself over the edge and make you appear as a gender that you identify as and have other people recognize that as well. And as you start to go through your transition and as years and months go by, you kind of start to realize that this isn't something that you have to keep up all the time. And I know this is something that I've been through personally. The way that I speak now is a lot deeper than the way that I spoke at the beginning of my transition. Like I've went back to see some of my really early videos, like my first month through fourth month hormone updates. And my voice is like, it hurts my ears. I hate it. It's cringy to listen to how much I was actually straining myself. And I like, that's just something that I forgot about eventually as I went through my transition four years later. Like, I don't really think about it anymore because if you really think about the situation as a whole, there are a lot of cis women who have deeper voices than both of us and they were born that way. So it's kind of just goes back to the fact that not there isn't one specific way to sound the gender that you identify as. Like everybody has a different vocal range or their inflections are different. People speak different all over the board, re regardless if they're trans or not. So I think once you kind of grow into your identity, it starts to become a lot easier. But I, I know at the beginning, it's really hard because, you know, the last thing you want somebody to do is clock you and making your voice sound a certain way is kind of like a barrier from that happening to you. But it, it does happen occasionally, time to time. It sucks. It's just, it's just like the whole process of starting a transition. There's always rocky starts and eventually things get easier. Yeah. And what I will say is that inflections are probably where you should focus on more than the actual like pitch of your voice because you can have a deep voice but the way that you say your words can be very like interesting or how like people can perceive your voice to be so like what I try to focus on is anytime I end a word or end like a phrase always end it thinking like up like always end it up rather than down so instead of saying like I, I can't really explain it well 
But like, if you're saying a word, think of like, just at the, the last thing you say, end it with the pitch, like up. And I don't know, I think that adds a lot to the how women inflect their voice or like how I try to sound more feminine. And that's just something that I've really, really focused on and really tried to teach myself when I would sing a lot and I would like put on my headphones and hear myself sing. I really, really focused to see like what would make myself sound more feminine. And that goes a long way. Also, just how yeah, com- comfortable and confident you are in yourself comes a long way too. Because you can have the deepest voice, but if you're like, you can have like the highest pitched voice, but you're not, if you're not confident in your identity, it can really, I think, show through. I mean, all this is really is just us trying to pretend to like be cis, right? All of this is, is us trying to like really stress that. And so it's kind of damaging if we like really focus or really try and nitpick our voices. So I think the best thing is just be comfortable with your voice, be comfortable with who you are. I understand that we are trying to like present us ourselves in a very certain way, or sometimes it's for our safety whenever we're like transitioning. But yeah, I think you'll get more comfortable the more that the longer that you've been tr- like transitioning. And I think that it's really important to just, yeah, focus on the smaller things instead of hurting or straining yourself. So I always, I used to be one of those girls that would be like, oh, I never had voice training. My voice is just naturally like this until like I realized that ever since I was younger, I've been subconsciously training my voice to sound this way because I, like if you've been following me or listening to the podcast, you know that I love playing video games and I like was obsessed with Xbox Live and like playing on the internet and stuff like that. So when I was like a little boy and like I started to go through puberty, I started to realize that my voice, like people were starting to call me he instead of she. And like before puberty, they would always address me as she because I sounded like a girl because I had not gone through puberty yet. And when that started happening, I was like, no, this cannot be happening to me. And I guess like as time went on, I started to train my voice while going through puberty to still maintain like a feminine range. And I just kept doing that my entire teenage years, like since I was 12 all the way up till I was like 19 because I was playing games that whole time. And I always was on the microphone and everybody always, you know, assumed I was a girl based on based off of my voice. So I genuinely think that like playing video games was my form of voice training. And I never thought of it that way because I wasn't trans. I was just a catfish and (laughs) was like playing online and I wanted to be addressed as female. And like that whole time I was like working on my voice and trying to make sure I didn't sound too masculine or too feminine, which in a way is like kind of damaging because, you know, I had the mindset that I had to sound a certain way in order to be a female or considered a female. But I do think that that's what helped me the most. And like you were saying, I do think more importantly than how you sound, it's how you say specific words and how you talk and like the breath patterns that you take while you're speaking are a lot more important than your actual tone. Because you'll actually be surprised at like how different your speech will change if you kind of start paying attention to those little things like inflection and raising your voice in certain ways and breathing a different way. So I think there's like no clear cut answer to how to get your voice to the place that you want it to be. But I think it's something that grows with you as you transition. And it's 
not really something that you figure out at the beginning. It just kind of develops with your gender identity as you go through your transition. Yeah. And just because your voice sounds a certain way now doesn't mean it's going to sound that way forever. There's a lot of growth that happens with us as people. And yeah, things can change. Things can change within like a year, within a few years, especially if you like focus on it, if you keep like really, really focused on it. There are certain apps that I know that are out there that can help you with voices. I downloaded this one app before that showed me where my range was. And it's so funny because like when I was speaking in it, it was saying that like my um, tone is typically more androgynous. And it was really funny. I'm like, I love that. I love being an androgynous queen (laughs) or king. I don't know. But um, it was really cool to see that because I was like, wow, I've worked really hard. And if I were to have used my voice or said things in this thing like three years ago, I wouldn't have been in that range. So it's all about, you know, progress and working on it. So yeah, when I was younger, I um, grew up with a lot of, uh, of women. I have, um, like two older sisters and I grew up with my mom. So I think it was really easy for me to kind of catch on to their speaking patterns. So I grew up a lot of time. A lot of people thought I was gay growing up because of just like inflections and how I like, you know, perceived everything. But then the more I went through puberty, the more I was worried about that people were thinking that I was gay. And so I like tried and do things differently and be perceived differently and it was really just, and I was very, in, I was internalizing um, this transphobia that I had with myself. I was worried about expressing myself in any feminine type way. And so it like backfired and now I am where I am today and I had to go through voice training and it was a difficult battle on learning the way. And it's kind of crazy to think about it because all these men that you see with the deep, deep voices, they had to train their voice to be that way. And I've noticed that, that like everyone trains their voice to be a certain way. And um, so this whole thing, it's not unnatural to be training your voice. It's not unnatural to be learning how to speak a certain way because everyone does it. I base my how I spoke off of my brother and how he talked. And then I hear men speak all the time. And like you can tell that they're like pushing or emphasizing this masculinity because they feel like they have to. And it's, it's genuinely a learned behavior on, on like how we speak and, and we just study other people and language is all about how the other person or the person that we're learning from does it. And we're just mimicking that. And so at the end of the day, this is all just learned behavior and we're, we're really can do whatever the fuck we want with how we move our mouths or how we talk from our throats or stomachs or whatever you want to do or however you want to do it. So it definitely, it comes with that. Definitely, if you're like on testosterone, if you're like went through puberty, your voice is going to naturally be deeper, but the tone and the inflections, those are what matter. And those are what will make you be perceived as a woman in society, I guess, quote unquote. Um, But there is like a whole culture that needs to be fixed, obviously, because voices don't determine who you are, is your identity, they don't determine anything. So it is hard to talk about and hard to kind of really show support of like over voice training, because I feel like when I do it, I'm also enforcing the idea that we have to do this. And I just want to clarify that I'm not enforcing when I'm talking about how I voice train, I'm not telling you, you should do this because I don't want people to think you have to do this or that in order to be trans. I never want to make you feel like there is some type of like 
list that you have to keep checking off to be who you want to be. Just live your life. And you once you're comfortable with who you are, then none of this dysphoric stuff that you're feeling is going to get in the way, specifically your voice. That's so true. I never thought about like the masculine side of it. There are like so many guys that try to replicate like the most masculine way to speak. And they say certain phrases or they they deepen their voice to sound like more masculine. And I never thought of it that way, but it is true. Like the way that we speak and the voice, the pitches and everything, it's all like, I mean, some of it does have to do with the way that we're born, but most of it is like a learned thing through society. Like traditionally we have seen higher pitch voices as being feminine and lower pitch voices as being masculine but there are completely opposites. There are people who were born who are women, identify as women who have lower voices and men who have higher voices. So it's not something I think that are that is explicit only to trans people or just trans people experience this type of stuff. I think that other people just don't really get judged for it because they're not trans and everybody loves to pick on trans people for every little tiny facet of their life. So I do think it's important to acknowledge the fact that this isn't something that we're doing just on our own. Like this is just an everybody thing. Yeah, definitely. I think um, my voice has always been really important to me because I, I grew up like playing music. I like really, really enjoyed singing. So having to relearn how to sing was really hard because I, I definitely in the beginning of my transition wanted to be perceived as a woman. It's something that I really, really wanted people to see. And when I didn't feel like my body matched my, like, like I was in the early stages of my transition, I felt like I was really clockable really easily. I wanted my voice to be what made me pass. And then now I feel like it's the opposite where um, if anything that's going to clock me, it's going to be my voice, but it doesn't because I feel like I pass enough where people don't second think how I speak. Um, sometimes I can be hard on myself and you're going to have days that are tougher than others, but you know, at the end of the day, just practice, keep your self-focus on it. If it is something that you think you need to change, um, I, the things that I did in order to like really help focus, especially cause I did it in such a fast amount of time. Yeah. I have like, pro- I have programs on my computer that are like, um, I have GarageBand and I have a microphone and you can monitor yourself. So that means you can listen back to how you're speaking. And I just did that. And I sang a lot and I sang in certain tunes that I wanted to sing in. And I kept doing it over and over and over again. I was constantly working and I was constantly, constantly talking with people. So I practiced different things over and over and over again. And it's going to be this progression and you have to make yourself get used to certain ways and certain things. And, and it's going to be uncomfortable at first and people might judge you at first because it's not like what they know your voice as. But for me, it was really easy because I was surrounded by all new people and um, yeah, it's just a process, but only do it if you think you should or you want to for yourself Um, because yeah, no one else is is going to um, love you as much as you should love yourself. And with that, yeah, I don't know if that was really corny, but I have no, no idea. I like, because I, I, I think the big thing I'm trying to get, like, get through is that I don't want to enforce this idea that we have to change your voice, but I can't also sit back and say that you shouldn't change your voice because I really stressed 
like the whole process for me because my voice is really really deep and i also don't want to like put any like pressure on like a binary way of thinking and like how people should talk like this or people should talk like that it is a tricky like topic to like discuss and so I'm, I'm still trying to work through it as we talk about it right now like my true thoughts on it but i mean it is a process and i'm the way that i did it it's just i i worked really hard at it so yeah i will say that i feel like it's a universal feeling that we have as trans people to constantly think that every single person, whether you are in a mall or in a grocery store or at a party, your first thought is that every single person is staring directly at you and every single person is trying to determine whether or not you're trans. They're trying to like nitpick every little thing about your appearance when I guarantee you literally nobody besides maybe one person has even noticed that you're in the room and probably none of them even care that you're trans or even care to figure out like i feel like a lot of the times we have like this, a lot of anxiety of being in public and thinking that everybody's staring at us or listening to our voices or looking at the way that we maneuver or looking at your hands or your fingernails or something so tiny just to try to figure out if you're trans or not and i will say that probably 99% of the time it's mostly in your head and if you think about it like voices are like the first thing that you probably notice about a person other than their looks when you're speaking but even if you are like super insecure about your own voice I guarantee you that most people out there don't really care or are not even paying attention to it at all so it's just kind of like like we have been saying getting used to your identity and your self-expression and your own sense of self, that it starts to become easier because that fear of, oh, is everybody trying to figure out if I'm if I identify this way or that way, it starts to slowly go away because as you like live and experience life, you begin to realize that literally nobody is paying attention to you. And it's just an anxiety that you have in your head. And it's not to say that it's not valid. It's just that it's a mental thing that you kind of learn to live with as you start transitioning. Yeah, I definitely think that it's all, yeah, it's all mental. It's all just things that we, we, we make ourselves struggle more than we truly have to. Um, just being outside, being in public, I know it can be like a big battle because it's all about present representation and how, we think people are perceiving us. I, that was a big reason why I changed my name because I didn't want people to perceive me as masculine right off the bat. Um, but yeah, the, the, the truth is that people really, they don't care. Because do you care when someone else walks in the room? Do you care when people are thinking literally the same thing that you're thinking? People are, are like walking to the room thinking everyone's thinking about them. And it's just funny because we're all doing this internalized like social anxiety thing. Um, and so especially like trans people, that's something that that's happens so often. So yeah, I think it just comes down to self-love and understanding that your worth is still as valid if your voice is deeper, if your voice is higher pitched. And if you do want to change your voice, yeah, just there's a lot of websites, there's a lot of good sites that help. There are a lot of good apps and there's a lot of a million ways that you can do it. There's people you can probably hire for voice training. I know there are surgeries that you can get to make your voice um, more high-pitched, which to be honest, I wouldn't recommend because there isn't 100% full proof that it actually helps. 
I feel like I've seen a lot of stories where people have struggled after getting that surgery. If there was like an actual like reassurance that it was going to work or it was going to be the best option, then maybe I'd consider something like that. But I feel like there's still, there's a lot of things that can go wrong specifically because your vocal cords are so sensitive that it's really, I don't know, it's not something that I'd quite recommend, but it all depends on the person. It all depends on you and how you perceive, you know, yourself. And yeah, it's just something that comes with the growth of as you being a person the more you get comfortable with who you are the more you're going to allow yourself to express yourself in a way that you feel more comfortable and more and what it may be more you Mm -hmm. so so if you are early in early stages of your transition and you are stressed about your voice just take a breather if you feel like this is something that you need to do in order to be happy. By all means, do anything and everything you can to alter your voice and to voice train it into a way that you feel comfortable with. But at the same time, I think it's important to just take a second to calm down and assess the situation and acknowledge that you are on like a journey and this journey is not short. It's very long. It's going to continue for the rest of your life. And you might be super anxious and stressed out now, but in a few months and then in a few years, you will be perfectly fine. You'll be more comfortable. And this will be the least of your problems at that point. Yeah. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Um, I really enjoy talking about things like this because it makes me uncomfortable because I don't know. I Sometimes it can be hard for me to feel like um, confident in an answer because I never want to say something or preach the wrong idea. And for some reason, I don't know why, this one's really hard to talk about for me. I did a whole article also with Vice. Uh, they have a medical program or medical like site called Tonic. So um, if you guys are interested, you can look up probably like trans voice training tonic and there's an article that um i did where i was uh, talking or someone someone else wrote it but i was interviewed for it so they also used my video as like reference so yeah go check that out because i think that could help a lot of people they give a lot of good resources and things like that but i hope you enjoyed this episode i hope you enjoyed all that we had to say and i'm really really happy that we could you know make this one for you today yeah just take a breather. It's okay. I know I've gotten so many DMs of people asking us to do a topic or an episode on voice training. And I think we did a pretty good job at kind of encapsulating everything about it. Um, It's kind of hard to talk about for me too, because I don't want to come across a certain way or to make it seem like it's not a big deal when I think it is for a lot of people. And I feel like that's kind of the same across the board with talking about topics like these, like the last thing that we want to do is offend anybody or hurt anybody's feelings or make them feel left out or anything. So yeah, hopefully we helped some people out there, gave you some clarity on a topic that's pretty stressful. I know it was stressful for both of us when we first started, but now we're here and we literally have a podcast where the only thing you can hear is our voice. And that was at one point, like our biggest insecurity. So that's just proof that anything can happen. Yeah. Just know that everything that you're feeling is so temporary to like your entire transition. If you're early on and you're stressed about your voice, if you think that it's going to sound that way forever, just know that this pain, this anxiety that you have 
is only an in this moment thing. Things will get better. Things will get easier. You just have to give yourself time, understand and love yourself and push through it because like soon you're not going to be worried about your voice because you're going to be so fucking hot. (laughs) Everyone's going to be obsessed with you. So yeah, just give yourself a break because I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Dysphoria is a bitch. Like it, it is. And I'm, and I know it is. And I remember I struggled a lot with voice dysphoria. Um, but yeah, things get easier. So um, just work on it, push through it, and you'll be on yes. top. That was your monthly inspirational quotes from, hello, icons for icons. <laughs> Iconic. So yeah, um, thank you guys for listening. And if you want, you can follow us on Instagram at Girlish Podcast. Um, also, if you want, you can support us on iTunes by leaving an amazing, amazing rate. Five stars. Five only. stars. Only five stars, please. <laughs> um, comment, lead, talk about us. Um, show, share with your friends. Share with your family. We're beautiful women, I promise. We are. We're so Inside sweet. And out, please share us. All right. Thank you guys for watching. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.